0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show
1: with your featured host, Char McCain, a forensics counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern day Christian mystic and UFO
0: experiencer. Char introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as Staff Pick. And now for your host, Shawn McCain.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Shaw McCain, and I'm talking to you live from Los Angeles, California. And I wish everybody a very wonderful evening, and I wish you all the best wherever you are. And I'm so excited to get really into uh, this next guest we have. Um, Marla Freeze is one of my awesome friends who is so gifted. It's a, you know, it's always an honor to speak with her. And I want to read you uh, her bio here. It's U.S. military, psychic spies, homicide cases, messages from the other side, spiritual healing. Marla Freeze was given a gift few receive. And she uses those gifts and spirit to help others. While shooting a TV commercial in Los Angeles, Marla Freese was given a message. The father of the actor sitting across from her wanted the actor to know he was happy about the new baby. But there was a twist. The father was deceased. The actor was shocked. Marla was godsmacked. Increasingly, messages from the deceased loved ones and a powerful psychic awareness demanded her attention. Marla followed her heart, left acting, and never looked back. She now uses her gifts to help families from the heartlands of Hollywood find healing. American Psychic, her book, tells the spiritual journey of a small-town girl who develops her psychic gifts and relationship with God on a synchronistic path that weaves through the trauma of her childhood, the drama of her acting career, and the adventures in healing and transformation. Along the way, she's explored her abilities with the U.S. military psychic spies and assisted detectives on homicide cases, and delved into the science behind her abilities with physicist Thomas Campbell. Marla has learned to trust the voice of the spirit, and which never fails her. Marla Freed's story of the spiritual transformation takes us into realms of aston- astonish and inspire and heal. And uh, I'd like to introduce Marla Freed to the paranormal enough. thicket. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it.
0: gang lady. No, that's. No, that's that's enough. That's enough. Whatever. Hi, <laughs> it goes hi, on I'm forever. <laughs> you, know, you know. Oh,
1: I know. Like but I love you it. and I, I can't resist. And oh, while I'm I reading it, too. I'm like going into shock. Like, I know her. Like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's really I'm weird. It's, like, it's
0: so weird. Yes, it is. But it's weird it's, what we have done. I mean... When I read your posts on Facebook that they took like how many vials out of you of blood? Seven the other day. It was like, oh what? my
1: god! <laughs> I know when I was watching. Really? When I was watching that do it, you kept saying, "Are you gonna faint? Are you gonna faint? Are you gonna faint?" And I <laughs> oh looked, looking her and I like, I am too <laughs> shocked to faint. They took seven vials of those tests, so one yeah, of the vials was, came what back. What was that about? Are, <laughs>
0: are they trading in are the, on the black market? What what are you making money you off know, your blood? They never, what's
1: the deal? Yeah, they real they won for one thing. No one will ever tell me what my blood type is. It doesn't matter how much blood they take.
0: I know we and talked even, about that. What What is
1: we did that talk about? about that? and It happened again. I tried to use the uh, little thing that you gave me. You gave me a card with a, the website of how to get your blood type. Out. Yes,
0: there's a yeah. To, it, to they would not test accept. So you can find my, out.
1: I couldn't do it. It wouldn't accept my, my cards. I tried three okay, cards. Okay,
0: so this is, this is just a, a whole alien conversation with you.
1: Exactly. That's a whole different. So when I, one of my yeah. tests I got back because you have this my chart, so the blood work comes back. So it came back, and, and remarkably, it came back yesterday. And so I looked at it, and I read this thing. I copied it. I put it on the Internet to find out what it was and what, the ENR whatever the heck that is is number 2 I went that's interesting so i looked at what it was and it's the ENR of a newborn baby so i don't know what that means Marla.
0: i don't either does it... i need you to move, I, don't I need you to move your microphone so i can hear you a little bit better so we can hear you a little bit better okay just okay. better move. oh um, good yeah. Wow. Isn't that interesting? So you're like a brand new little baby or something.
1: I know. That's what I thought. I thought, you know what? <laughs> it's just a little voice from God saying, okay, you can start over anytime you feel like it. So I'm like a little baby now.
0: Maybe that's it. Well, you know, when I have blood taken, I have to sing Christmas carols. There, <laughs> I have to lay down and sing Christmas carols. So I just, I just oh. press the nurses and I go, do you know Christmas carol and you know various various people who take your blood? They don't necessarily know. Oh, come all ye faithful, you know. So,
1: they should. I mean, it's mandatory. Well,
0: well, you know, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: I know. You know, I was, I was, I wanted to ask you about something. Um, I huh. was watching one of your reels with the Hamels, and I just wanted to talk about it because. Uh I was watching real. the video, you came who? in the door with, the who? With, with, the, who? with Mark Hamill and
0: uh No, 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 not Mark Hamill. You mean Harry Hamlin. Oh,
1: I, Harry oh Lord, Hamlin. So forgive me, forgive me for oh saying God, that. So Harry Hamlin. Stop
0: drinking, stop, I'm, stop drinking, I,
1: I know it's all the booze, <laughs> you know.
0: Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so,
1: tequila sunrises and I sit here and drink every day. Ha- so Harry
0: okay, come come back by the come back by the microphone. Yeah. Yes. So Harry Hamlin and Lisa Renna.
1: Yes. So I was yeah. watching your little reel with them and yeah. I was quite taken aback by uh Mr. Harry and his reluctance mm-hmm. to actually you said something really profound and he was really mad at you and I was looking at the look on your face. And I was thinking, you know, it must be kind of difficult to actually face people that come up against you like that. So, could you tell me a little bit about what happened there?
0: Well, actually, that—that's a, you know, um, weird. well, okay, you know, Lisa and Harry are are lovely people, and I've actually, I since I did that show, oh, I don't know, cause that was maybe eight years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Since I I did that, I have seen him. <clears throat> excuse me, hiking, on a hiking trail. He's always lovely to me, you know. <clears throat> but I went into his house, and he didn't know what I was going to do. So um, it, the show is uh, Harry Loves Lisa, and I was invited for the, to come into their home. And I actually, you know, one of the things that I do, because I work as a psychic and as a medium, so I'm really good with structure. So I sat out in the makeup trailer and getting ready to go on set or go into their house. And I drew their house where all the compromises were. I don't need to be at someone's house to know where there's compromise, but Mm -hmm. I just drew what I thought the the house felt like, and I hadn't gone into the house yet. So I was excited about that because I wanted to show them some things. They had other ideas because when I walked in, my heart also started to hurt, and I heard Harry's father talk in the foyer and Harry wasn't interested in that either, <laughs> so, then we walked into the living room, and uh, there was something about uh, time and everything. And, and he and Lisa had a little discussion about that. but he really had an agenda, and the agenda was mm-hmm. he wanted to talk about the store. They, they wanted he wanted information about whether they should shut their store Bel Gray down. And Belle Gray is a, a store in Los Angeles on Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. And it was a clothing store. Well, I saw right then and there that they would lose a lot of money if they did not close it, and I told them that. But what happened was I gave them more Yeah, detail. that's when they, he gave you know, that they... horrible look. You know, that was the look. <laughs> well... was
1: like you said move on, and you don't need that. And I love the way you said that yeah. because – Sometimes we hang on to that stuff and we don't need that. They didn't need that store. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, well, I said, you know, I said that he had bigger fish to fry. And I just, you know, the way that I see things, I said, you're going to lose a lot of money before October. And I think we shot that around sometime in June. And what happened was, you know, and on that tape, it's a, it's one of the videos on my um, YouTube channel what happened was, and this is not funny, of course, but Mm-mm. by the time I think it, it, it was October, I think, it could have been August, but it was, I think it's October, they were robbed three times. I know. And I know. And they lost it's shocking. A lot of money. But, yeah, but, you know, when I give somebody information like that, that was probably in June. So they wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened until October, so it's kind of hard to keep that kind of information, you know, on the air, and they didn't bring me back to say, Marla, you were right, but I had all the articles, and that's why, you know, the producers of my video could put all that together because – that's what I saw. But he didn't want to do that. But they did have bigger things to do. I mean, Lisa went on to, you know, launch her own QBC line and do the housewives, you know, of Beverly yeah. Hills and all of that. And Harry became part of one of the, um, the founders of uh, an energy company. Amazing. So did have other things to do. But you know what? I like your question about coming up against that kind of stuff. Well, you know, it happened a lot when I was in working with law enforcement officers. And, you know, I write about a couple of those stories in the book that is in the book, by the way, the Harry Hamlin story. And, you know, there are other detectives and things that, you know, really gave me a hard time until I started, you know, showing them some things or, or, or telling them things that they could corroborate. So it's, you know, I don't have any problem with people have, being skeptical, Char, because I was skeptical. I didn't believe in talking to the dead or any of that stuff until it actually smacked me in the face. As you said, you called it God-smacked. Yeah, it was God-smacked.
1: Yeah. Well, when did this When did this first happen? Is it when we're – when did you – okay, because uh, I, I know a lot of stuff, but I have – I just basically keep a lot of it to myself unless something happens <laughs> and I ha- and I'm pushed to tell somebody something. But what when did this like start? When did you start actually openly talking about it? Once you got a message from the other side, what made you say something?
0: Okay, well, you know, um, it's a memoir, so there is there's a large trajectory to all of this, but. I'll just tell you the initial experience of talking to a dead person. Jerry Rubin, the activist who was with Abby Hoffman, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, he, was, um, he became a friend of mine, he and his girlfriend, and he was part of the new green um, awareness and we were going to uh, conventions for all different kinds of health he and he, oh, he had great energy. He was a really lovely, sweet man. I mean, he was an activist for years, but then he devoted himself to, you know, looking uh, into alternative medicines and all of that. Well, he was hit by a car on Wilshire Boulevard, and um, you know, I, when I went to the hospital because it was like a, a day or two after that happened, he was dissected from his groin up to his throat and he had a traction device on the top of his head. Like he looked like a a modern day Frankenstein and no one is ever, ever prepared to see somebody like that. And I was devastated and I went back into the um, uh, waiting room and I was with a bunch of people and I just prayed and I asked, what do I do? How can I help Jerry? And I heard, the way that I hear things, um, he's, I'm not coming back. What? I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. And I, 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 didn't, I didn't believe in talking to the dead, and I didn't think that Jerry would be talking to me. And so I just put that off to the side, and the next day he died. Wow. So big. Be- that was the beginning. It was kind of like, Wow. And there was something else where I was working with law enforcement because I had been stalked by someone. And it was during that incident and working with law enforcement that I ended up, they had to help me and I ended up helping them. So that was the beginning of all of this, and that was in the mid-'90s. And then, of course, I was feeling crazy, so I was led, you know, Spiritually, the consciousness, this larger consciousness system we call God, led me to the U.S. military psychic spies, and they're the ones that trained me and made me feel normal.
1: Wow. Um, You know, that says something when the psychic spies help you to feel normal. I mean, really,
0: I actually...
1: Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I, I got to hear you again, though. Put your mouth back by
1: the uh, okay. um, microphone, please. So I would. So actually, uh, I actually interviewed your trainer, and your trainer so is
0: that who the one? What? <laughs> you, the guy you said, interviewed uh, China. You. I moved to
1: China during what? this phone call. <laughs> okay. Oh you damn moved it! Moved
0: to China. What? Okay, slow down and tell no, us I didn't. the story. I'm okay, going to no, no, interview down. you. Okay, Shar. Okay, Shar. Oh, so man, let me, you make me break out in a sweat. China? There's okay, no tell me about, about China, Shar.
1: I mean, I could talk to you about China, but I don't really want to talk about China right now because that made me go off the beam. But anyway, what I am was awestruck by is by uh, your trainer who was for the military who trained you on uh, – Oh, Libby Canada. Yes.
0: Yeah, Lizzie yes, he
1: he's very impressive and he's not an easy guy to talk to.
0: Well, he's he is one, he's pretty amazing and so is Joe McMonagle. And yes. of course and I've I've met some of the others but haven't trained with the others. Um except I was just with Tom McVeigh in a Zoom conference um just about a month and a half ago. Thomas Bay was also part of that Stargate program, wow. and he was one of Ingo Swan's uh, best remote viewers, and Tom is really calm, and, you know, they have, a lot of the remote viewers are expanding their, um, their teaching into some of these other aspects of remote viewing, like ARV and ERV, these different instead of CRV, which is the controlled remote viewing that they learned with mm-hmm. um, Ingo Swann, SRI, the Stanford Research Institute. But there's a group called um, the Applied Precognition Program with Marty Rosenblatt. And he's been seeing, yeah. you know, yeah, um, yeah, these incredible precogs and we go to Vegas and we don't go to Vegas now with, with COVID, but going to Vegas and betting. Based on still doing part of the CRV protocol, it's fascinating.
1: It's you know, it's just I was invited to go to Vegas, but I I have a, a an aversion to Vegas. <laughs> I've never been there. I how long have I been in California? 150 years, and I don't go oh to God. Vegas because it's a den of iniquity. But now that you're oh, over there with so Marty, I'm, I got to rethink this stuff. Anyway, I, 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 I don't rethink go,
0: it. If, I, if I know. If okay. I can go to the den of iniquity, you can go to the den of iniquity. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that at all. Well, that's what not I'm like thinking that at all.
1: exactly. Mm-mm. Oh Lord, have mercy. Okay, no, you
0: know so when I was when I, I was doing trade shows, trade shows years years ago, you know, back in the '80s. I would go and I was a, uh, either a trade show model or what they call an independent rep for about a week. And we would go to Vegas introducing, you know, uh, uh, at the electronics uh, show, you know, and back in those days, you know, it was like, <laughs> it's like we were so not technical. I mean, that's when we had like, we, it was just the introduction of CDs. Can you even imagine Back then, so I don't yeah, want to that talk was modern age. Here. <laughs> yeah, and modern.
1: That was modern. So
0: yeah, so you you got to come, and these people are oh. the people that are in the program. That that they're really cool and they're great, and
1: you know, yeah, they're my people, and you know, and I'm I'm not going yeah. because of well, I got to rethink that when I found out that you're yeah, going. I'm just thinking, yeah. yeah. Oh, we
0: so Much fun. We have so much fun on them and you know, um I've been working with Tom Campbell, the physicist, for the last ten years, and he he went a few years ago. He and his and his wife and his team, we were all there together and you know, it's it's great fun. It's great fun.
1: It sounds amazing. It does. It's uh yeah. I gotta rethink that whole thing because uh yes, really, yes, because of indiquity. my what avoidance of about. I don't know. Oh my god. Really? I think it's like against my religion, but my religion isn't against no. Las Vegas. So I don't know. Something I made up for this some reason. Is... I don't know. Anyway, so let's go. This is let's way, way back far away something. from the trip. This is way yeah. yes. This okay, so of course I read your book, American Psychic, and uh I really I not only enjoyed it, I was crying, I was laughing, I felt inspired. And, Mm. you know, the basic theme for me was love and forgiveness. I mean, I'm not just talking about forgiveness. I'm talking about forgiveness at a radical level. And, um, it, it really touched me, you know, really. Yeah. Well,
0: sweetie, you have those experiences in your life too.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. And, uh, yeah. It's uh and you I also, advise, you, have and a, there,
0: you don't sit there and cry. Go ahead. You, you you and you have a really wonderful strong voice as a writer yourself. So Thank you very much. I just was pushed to get that book out there and you need to get yours out there too. Thank and you. We have we have these incredible stories that need to be told.
1: Definitely. Uh, I'll never get over what happened to you? Oh, shall I say it? You know how you got your wild thing for the first time, and where it happened and who the you what? did it with. The what? You have to read the book. The, what? the wild thing. You lost your virginity, oh, okay? Thing. And it wasn't in America. So you have to read the book <laughs> to find out what this girl was doing the wild thing somewhere with somebody. Who, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anyway, man, oh, I left yeah, my my heart out joyful. really. It's crazy. It's crazy. So uh, you know we're all working working together on very deep things. You know, we just we have to laugh because I'd be crying all the time. Believe me, you know what I mean. So wait,
0: I can't hear you. I can't hear you, honey. I lost you. I lost you. Can Can you hear me right now? Hello. Uh, Hello. Okay, it's a little bit better. Uh, Keep talking. So,
1: what I wanted to tell you about is about. things that we have been really hot and heavy talking about and discussing was the race and the injustice about what's going on right now. Do you mind if we go into yeah. that a little bit? Because it's such an important topic. It's right at the top of our minds, and we got to deal with it. Right.
0: This. Yes, we do. Well, you know, it's interesting because I had a Zoom meeting this morning trying to explain to people um, – I'm from Pennsylvania, and they, you know, it's a small town where I'm from. It's not a city, and you don't really understand how to deal with other creeds or other colors of people unless you are growing up with it. And if you don't grow up with it because you're isolated and you end up in a city, it's kind of shocking. But that's the thing it's humanity. Everybody is the same, we all put our pants on in the same way. But sometimes we just look different. And getting that into people's heads who are isolated has been very challenging. And, you know, you read a little bit about this in the book. I come from a a background, yeah. My father's family were like slave liberators, you know, the Ulysses S. Grant strain. And my mother's family were from North Carolina where they had – sometimes wives or free colored where the whites or the blacks were with the whites in the fields and they lived on the farms. And that's where my mother comes from, you know, poor dirt families that, that utilized other people to help them work the farms, but they lived on that farm. I can't call them slaves, but they were indentured to the family. So, you know, it's, it's not the plantation look, but it, it's the way that things were. And, you know, I remember as a child um, going to school and saying words that my mother had used in the house that I used it at school and the school calling my family and saying, what are these words that your daughter's using? Like the goddamn convoy and, um And that was about the military and, you know, how we would listen to our parents talk and other very derogatory statements that I just thought was normal. So, age, we are still in a culture and a society where a lot of people think like that. And it's about others you know, being afraid of others, right?
1: Otherness. Instead of, that,
0: what? I didn't hear you, sweetie. What did you say? It
1: was like otherness. It's uh, they're, they're them and we're us. And, uh, you know, my my son told me something one time a few years ago. When remember when there were the big the big discussion was the N word. Remember that a couple years ago, a few years ago. Oh yes,
0: of course. Yeah, of okay. course. So
1: my my son was sitting with all his friends. So he's an actress. he knows all those the big people and all the actors and actresses and right everybody that's the big cheese, you know. And they were sit all sitting around talking very deeply about this. And my son said to said to his group. He had never in his house heard a derogatory word about another race. The N word was never said one time mm. out of other's mouth or anything like that alive whatsoever in his home. He never heard it. He said ever. And right I felt
0: self- you raised rank, you raped him you raped him well. Exactly. Listen, yes. I I
1: count my blessings. You know, I was raised in poverty. I know what it's like. I know my mother was Greek and dark, and they called her names. I know what it's like. Right. So I would never right. do that to other people. You know what I mean? Never. It well, just didn't occur to yes.
0: me. Yes, well, see, you we had a different, I had a different situation. My mother yes. was white and southern and entitled, and I didn't know what she yeah. was entitled about. She wasn't educated. She didn't go to school. She didn't have a job. So it was this hollow sort of weird thing about, you know, this this southern white woman being on a pedestal. And my father, you know, brought her up across the Mason-Dixon line, found her in North Carolina, and brought her up there. And, look, she was a great cook. And she had some really lovely southern traditions about her she was kind of crazy and abusive and more than abusive. Yeah. And I, and even though I'm psychic and I had to go into the database and access my deceased loved ones to talk to them about what possibly happened to her because I never met any of them. My grand my grandparents were dead.
1: So, so what did you find out?
0: Well, it was interesting. I had a very deep meditation um, accessing um, my grandfather and mother. And there were problems with my mother even as a child. But my grandfather was a lot like her. So she got a lot of her attitude and fear from him. And there was something that he said to me, which I found very interesting. Um, You know, and this is a deep Past life regression that I was in. He said, I didn't know whether to make your mother my girlfriend or my daughter. Wow.
1: And I thought that was
0: quite telling. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was hot. She had gorgeous legs, you know, a nice set, a nice rack, you know. She had a beautiful figure. I mean, she was a beautiful woman. Yeah. She wanted to get out of there and, you know, she wanted to marry a an officer, a military officer, and she came, my father went to war and came back in a body cast, and that just blew her ideas apart because he was, had to be discharged with all those wounds. But we get, when we get back to this conversation, the point is we as white people have no defense about racism. We have to keep learning and educating ourselves how can we defend? I mean, look, you're, you, you have been in, within all different frameworks of, of, of humanity and social mm-hmm. work, and, and yeah. I have had to educate myself and face my own, you know, demons about how I was raised, and it's no defense at all. I don't use it as a defense. It's just what it was. So we have to, we ourselves, and we have to talk to our black friends and say, help us understand what to do. And some of my black friends basically said, you already know. You just have to dig it out and face it.
1: That's true. You know, and nothing replaces showing love and kindness, you know, and uh, showing love to your friends, you know, and uh, I love my friends and they have, uh, and my clients have commented, well, you know, because I'm in a was in a peculiar situation where you get you're close to your clients, you're close proximity with everybody. You know what I mean? So right, you know, they talk to me a lot about me when they get to know me, and they they would they would talk about uh, African American would actually breach the subject with me. You know, they would say yeah. to me, you know, did you get raised around a lot of black people? <laughs> And I go, well, (laughs) I said, well, I have a very broad-minded, I'm a very broad-minded person. I mean, I I actually love humans for some reason. You know what I mean? And they go, because you carry yourself so different. We're not really, they talk, they say we talk about you over at the the Federal Halfway House. I said, oh, gee, great, great, that's nice. (laughs) Anyway, I said, well, what are you talking about? They, They say, the most incredible things, the way that they, they love the way I carry myself. They call mm-hmm. me Miss Charlene. They do, you know, Mrs. C sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that I can have some kind of a, something they said, uh, I mean, we have gone through a, during a counseling session, we have done everything from scream and cry at each other. I mean to the top of our lungs, where people think we're in trouble. And they'll knock on my door. Mm -hmm. I say, can you please go away? We're having a conversation here. To us, it's not loud, but I guess we're being loud. From anywhere, from singing, playing our tapes and singing our hearts out, crying Mm -hmm. to the depths of whatever it is, because you've got to be willing to go there. And that doesn't have any kind of, it doesn't matter what our outward appearance is. If you can no. find love everywhere, you know what I mean? Because people are different in every sorts of ways. It's just not color. But right now the topic is color in the world right now for some bizarre reason. and But no. people are different it's in all perfect. different kinds it's of
0: perfect. ways. It's perfect. Don't you yeah. think it's perfect? Look, you know, yeah. God works in mysterious ways. We have a plague. Really so. And the plague doesn't I, this discriminate. Had to happen.
1: This it had doesn't to happen. care what
0: color you are. Yes. And so the oh. plague is here. And then, you know, George Floyd had no idea that he was going to be the sacrificial lamb to change this conversation. It's probably I everything know. that he's always yes. wanted in, hel- in later helping later. His di- in the dying. You're right. Yeah. I had
1: an argument with my son about this because my son comes from a different, uh, well, of course, he's a different generation. But I said... Yeah. He got mad at me. I said, George Floyd is a martyr. He got yeah. mad and he said, well, people volunteer for being a martyr and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, they don't. I said, Mm-mm. that's one Mm-mm. of the definitions. I said, you're going to have to look up the definition because that's just <laughs> one of the definitions. The other definitions is you get martyred, you know, as in Jesus was martyred. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some say we oh, all yeah. sign up for this. I know because I think. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to touch on that, you know, and this is very crazy and out there, but do we make a certain agreement before we come here? You know, I don't you want know, to put I, it in yep. that context, but I know that that you have talked about it a little bit in your book.
0: Okay, well, here's <clears throat> you know I come from a religious background. You know that I went down yeah. that road and Jesus Jesus and I Jesus and I are tight so um and i had to you know really expand my awareness when i went to that country and had the experiences that i did because you know a third world country when you're 21 years old back in the 70s is a is a is a frightening thing you know when you're hijacked yeah. to cuba basically you you know you have to go through this <clears throat> but <clears throat> the dynamics of what I now understand from talking to the dead because the dead have taught me a lot. We reincarnate. So this dynamic of having lived before and coming back and we, I know because I write about my experience of finding this out. I know that I agreed to come back here begrudgingly, but you know, there's so many amazing things that can happen here. And we're here at this time together. And, you know, in talking with my <clears throat> African-American friends, they basically remind me that I continue to be a bridge of love between the living and the dead. It doesn't matter what your politics are. We all die. So we've all got some connection to the other side. And it truly is about understanding why we're here and how to help. And it's all about the love. And that might sound trite. But it's not all those. People, no, the all the big freaked thing. Out about, well, they're all freaked out about you know all of the protests and everything. This is what happens when you don't listen to people. This is you know yeah. one of the things that I love about you is because you are you can go you can go and talk to anybody about anything <laughs> because you respect people. You I see do. them okay. on a soul basis. And they respect you back. You, you and I don't see each other very often, but we are sisters. And we can we talk, really we can get together, and we respect each other. We get each other. We can talk alien shit. We can do all of that. There's something about us. We just get each other. And you, you, you're the one, of the, one of my friends that can really, really do that. Anywhere. Yeah. I'll never forget
1: that time. Uh, I was going, (laughs) yeah, me, (laughs) went to uh, that talk, and Travis Walton, Robert Salas was there, and stupid little me, and some other lady that had a a bunch of roosters in her story. But you (laughs) showed up, and I'll. And I was mortified because I love Robert Salas. We do try to me and him and his wife Marilyn try to get together at least every couple months. At least that's what me and you should do. Just say okay, every couple months oh, we're gonna go at Yeah, like then at least yeah. we could you know talk it out because we have a lot of stuff to say to each other. So anyway, yeah. so uh, I was there petrified on that that panel. You know what I mean? Me and my alien baby story? Like, oh, my goodness. And Then I I saw your face, and you were like somebody had a light on you. You were glowing. And then I felt this love and support, and it was beautiful. I just said, I can do Mm. this now just because I saw you sitting there. I so said, I can do it. Mm. And I did it. But then I wanted to tell the audience, well, pretty soon the, the tape's going to blow up, which it did. But I didn't want to scare anybody. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, oh, my God. I well, tell them, well, pretty soon did, this. And that's what happened. The whole thing erased. So yeah. I have one of the well, few copies
0: of the whole you, thing. Wait, it, oh, wait, wait. Your your talk erased? Yes. Is that what you're telling All me? All of it. The oh, whole I didn't panel. know that. It's
1: it's no out of the camera it's never there. That's what they said. They said something. Oh, stra- I was my tell God. Because the, uh, I remember I looked back there and I was thinking, oh, no, this is all going to be gone. And I, I have the CD somewhere. And, uh yeah, it disappeared. And I was going to tell the audience that, that you better get your, your CD
0: while you can. <laughs> it was it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I
1: know.
0: I was kind of well, glad. for For people for people who are listening, you know, <clears throat> yeah. I was very much involved in the UFO community because I was one of the co-hosts or, or uh, the psychic medium expert on Whitley Striever's unknowncountry.com's dreamland. So I was there in the capacity of, you know, not only being somewhat of an experiencer myself, but. I wanted to see these people and I was looking at people that I had already interviewed and, and wanted to look for some more and, and it's such a, it's such a very special community. Yeah. It's special in a lot of ways. Um, special. You right. know, I'm not, a consp- I'm, well, I'm not a conspiracy theory person. You're not going to get me to talk mm-hmm. about the crap that they're, you know, they're talking about <clears throat> around a lot of this stuff, but, having you and me having the experiences that we've had, we know that something's unique and different. Yeah. And, you know, I think Robert is really great. I've always appreciated Robert and sent him notes when he was, you know, of support when he was running for office. But there's Peter Robbins, you know, those guys, um, I can sit down and talk with these guys, and this is all ancient aliens people too, right? So yeah. we're, we're, looking, we're looking at a faction of the population that we know are having, have had, are continuing to have experiences. It's you in a whole nother frame of your humanitarian, you know, you're, you're being a social worker between worlds in many ways. Uh,
1: Yeah, it really makes me sick. I really, (laughs) I really, uh, because what's this is what's going on. Now, I had a weird day yesterday, okay? It was not just, it's just the day before was all the bloodletting. And yesterday was another weird day where this is what I thought, Marla. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be crazy. I know it was a weird thought. But I just thought, why do I keep? Because I have. I'm a. I guess I don't know what to call myself. I'm an empath or whatever it is. But I know what's up all the time, and it, it really hurts. Like right now, people. You have
0: what? I didn't hear that. What? I you mean, have what coming up?
1: Have to be have an empath issue when you know stuff that's going yes. on. You know how people are feel. Yes. You know how they're suffering, yes. and people are actually going crazy right now. Crazy, crazy. Okay. Okay. So okay. listen. I'm just I decided stop to you. go crazy too, so I thought, "All right, well, no, deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. I'll just be crazy, and then I won't okay. be responsible anymore, right? Really, I swear to God, I thought that. Bring the phone for rings. Of lo- course, for
0: how long? For, for how long?
1: I just couldn't be crazy that long, because as soon as I thought it, somebody called me,
0: and it was one of my
1: my ex workers because I had been Ooh. praying for three days straight. Please, God, help me. The next day, please, God, help me. I don't even know what to pray for because how do you know when you're nuts? You don't know what's wrong with you. You know what I mean? So the third day, I prayed again. No, remember it. Okay, so then I asked his phone. it was it? It was my coworker. His name is Mm -hmm. Angel. Comes from Brooklyn, New York. He is a good friend of mine. We're tight. We're tight like brother and sister. I don't know how it happened because we worked together. And, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, then he moved. On, and then I got sick, so I wasn't working for a while. So anyway, he calls me, rings the phone. He said, I said, why are you calling me? His name uh, is Angel, by the way. So Angel yeah. Angel calls yeah. me.
0: Yeah,
1: hello. And he said a beautiful, yes, that's what I'm saying. He said a, some beautiful stuff that happened in his career, like he was worried and all sort of stuff, but he got a job paying. Because sometimes sick institutions will be sick. They're not going to pay you what you're due. They won't give you the money that you should be earning. They will not pay your medical bills. They will not. He Mm -hmm. got a job after all that suffering, and uh, he got a job with a job paying him top pay, full benefits and everything. He was so happy. You know what I mean? And his Mm. wife, too, just confident and happy, happy. And he said, thank you for being my friend, and I wanted to tell you that. And I said, well, you know, I, I've lost oh. my mom, so I really appreciate your phone call. He said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you just brought me back. You know, he said, mm. anything is possible. And he prayed for me a deep prayer. He prayed mm-hmm, so long mm-hmm. and hard I was sweating. Now, that's pretty hectic, you know what I mean? We were sitting there well, just that- praying and sweating.
0: That's a big deal. And, you know, God answers our prayers not exactly the way we necessarily always want. But that's you made crazy. a call out to the universe, and someone heard it and, and called you. That's, that's, that's a the point.
1: It's that yeah. he said he was just the right person calling me at just the right time about just what I was worried about. You know what I mean? It was like well, thank you, God. I'm worrying about yes,
0: thank God because I'm worrying about paying
1: the rent. I'm worrying about living just off Social Security. I'm worried, worried, worried. Say, God i will right. take care of you. God has your back. When yeah. God has your back, nobody can mess with you. You know, and there's nothing like a Puerto Rican pray, and I swear he did to our fathers <laughs> and everything. Oh my
0: God, oh and he's God. handsome. I love it. Okay, he's okay, handsome. So hold on a Okay, that's good, but he's married. Okay, so listen, this is really yeah. good. I love, because I know I know that there's people in, in your, um, that listen to the, the parent normal and the sacred. I know that you have people out there. And we all have to come together somehow. We all, you know, when you talk about being an empath, well, you're going to feel crazy if, in these times unless you have boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, Look, this is all I do for a living. I don't do. I don't have another job. I mean, I talk to the dead and I work with people all over the world, accessing information about any aspect of your life for your yeah. highest good. That's so what I that love dynam- what you're saying about it.
1: You're. That's what well, I have. I wrote it down right here. Helping people find their highest good. That's what yeah. you say.
0: We're giving giving them information for their highest good and that dynamic, but it takes boundaries. You know, you have to have boundaries around this stuff. I don't have, you know, people talking to me or people come into my, into my head from, I, I'm off bounds from, you know, 11 o'clock at night until, well, I do get up at five to go hiking so, and I'll yeah. do the hike and I'll get incredible information, but I'll all, and I'll also meet people. So I'm in a constant dialogue with the information, with spirit, with the consciousness. And then if I need to shut down, I'll go grocery shopping and then lay down and binge watch something off of Apple TV. Cause I don't have regular television. I won't yeah. watch the news. I will, I'll choose to listen to it if I want. Or yeah. I'll do international news? So because it all has frequencies.
1: Yeah, the so, BBC is much better because I I actually can't tolerate, especially this week, our news anymore. I I don't believe I don't believe what anything's saying. you being said. I mean.
0: You know what? I'm having a major deja vu with you, right now. I know it's and weird. And it's about be, know. Believe, believing, you know, believing what people are saying. Well, you know. There's, mm-hmm. There are numbers, there are studies, um, you know, the whole COVID thing. I've known people that have died. I've known people that have gotten mm-hmm. sick and healed. And, and healed. You know, there was something that happened to a lot of us in December and January. Yeah. We don't know whether it was that or not. Even the antibody right. tests, I understand, are not giving us that information. But I don't feel controlled wearing a mask. I think no. To myself, I But you know, you you like this with me. It's not we don't have an attitude about you know the government controlling us wearing a mask. I wear a mask to protect myself from someone, and also if by chance I have anything, I certainly don't want to get you sick, darling. I feel the same way. No, I don't, I don't want coo- I don't want anybody's cooties. That's what <laughs> I feel. Well, I just, I was a germaphobe before this happened. I was saying, I yeah, mean, that's what I'm saying, wow, this very, to This one's journalist. Oh, wear
1: gloves, a mask, sure. <laughs> Glasses? No, you can't see. Yeah, that now. problem? <laughs> I had no problem so with it, people, really. Yeah. Well, some but people, some people have, are you know,
0: really—they're up in arms. I don't—I don't understand. Yeah, they're up in arms. Well, like that's really real life. Because, Go ahead. Well, I—I I laugh because you know we grew up in the generation of. We we were in cars that didn't have seatbelts, and then, of course, no. I think some of our parents must have, you know, complained about it, or, you know, not, people were smoking cigarettes, and then, of course, you know, the Surgeon General, you shouldn't be smoking, and then, of course, drinking and driving. People drank and drove all the time. They weren't thinking that they weren't being conscientious, but what I like to say is, look, wear condoms if you're going to have sex with me. <laughs> Yeah. Who knows what the cooties are? Because you won't tell me about your cooties. I'll tell you about mine. But I use, right. I like to use that as an analogy because it makes people think. It makes men think specifically. Well, wait about a minute. Yeah, think about that though, really. Just think
1: it really? That's all you have to say, people listening right now, before you have that unprotected sex. Just say do you have any cooties and I might have cooties, let's just wear a condom or whatever, right? Right, right. It's right. just that simple, please people. Jeez, you don't well, know who they, people are... you
0: know, they 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 got they get caught up in the moment. Yeah, I know and they oh. you remember. You've had children. But but the yes. dynamic is you know, this consciousness, this God consciousness we there's cooties and there's condoms. You know, make a choice. Exactly. So, make a choice. <laughs> it is a choice, and we've got to
1: just go in. Like, we got to go in with this information now. Really, we got to make sense because yeah. it's only common sense. But there's some kind of a blind barrier to bringing it up. Just say in a nice well, way in case we have any cooties. Let's just do the cootie covering. Or something like that. Well, Just I make think, it
0: cute. Make it cute. It's not going to mess up the mood. It's it's well, uh, and we're moving from condoms to masks right now. But the but yes. the dynamic <laughs> is the same thing. But the dynamic is think of others. Everybody yes, that's so the point. Self-referential. Me 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 me. Well, it's not going to affect me. Don't take my guns away from me. Me 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 me. No, no. my God. Just think about others. My God. Please. I
1: care. I, I care who I hurt. I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. You know, really. I right. mean, I felt this way even when I was little. I don't want to hurt yeah. you. Soon I'm going to kill you, but please get away from me. <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Really. Right. You know, just leave me, You leave me alone or let's, you know, I'm sick right now. Just, you know, I think it's common courtesy, but it's a love of others. You're showing love by wearing your mask, by by laying down your arms. Well, well, also it's
0: it's not going to be here forever. I mean, you know, so so it's a temporary inconvenience. You know, I just think that we're a spoiled generation where we're still we still don't like to be taught, you know, told what to do. It's a very interesting aspect about being in our country at this time. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My God, we would, you know, I kind of remember in, in life coaching, I, you know, I was in life coaching for 18 years and in therapeutic yeah. studies for 25. And I remember with a life coach, I remember him saying, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. i like, I wasn't fighting him. I was in it to learn. And he said, you don't have a problem being coached. And I said, that's right. And I've never been in a sports team. Wow, you know, people people have done team sports. They know what coaching is. Yes, I don't have a problem being told, but I also have a mind. You're not gonna like control me, and you know that's another thing. I, you know, I just raise my. Well, you're there to
1: learn. You're there to learn. Yeah, um, right. Like I have
0: you're had several.
1: <laughs> I have had several run-ins with the police. Okay. I do think
0: the oh, they're handsome okay, and good. beautiful and all that. I really do. Wait, wait, wait. However, wait, wait. I... Can't hear you. Wait, wait, wait. sharp, I can't hear can't you. So slow down and get back on the mic because we want to hear this okay, stuff about the police. Okay, good. Don't move. Okay, well, go. I've
1: had run-ins with those police, so I know how people feel. For some odd yeah. reason, I have a family of, all, like, women. It was me, most of the time no father my mother, and four sisters. That's a lot of women in one house. We had a lot of problem with the police, a lot. And so we were more like, yes, we were more like police fighters. You know what I mean? We didn't mean to be that way, but they were aggressive. And now we love firemen. Now, when there was a fire in the house, we called the firemen. But the were you police, setting fires?
0: Were you setting fires? My sister was always
1: falling asleep while she was cooking. So she burned down the house oh. several times, and we always were enthralled. Imagine a house full of girls and women, and the f- big firemen show up. Man, We were enthralled. I mean, really, they were very flirty, and we were flirty, too. But my one dumb sister was always burning stuff. But anyway, so okay, when the cops showed up, we'd call them because we'd need them, Right. And one time, sister number, I'm number one. Sister number three did not come home all night. And Mm. she was young, like 14. So we flipped out. We thought somebody called her and killed her and everything else. And the police came in. And they came in, one came in the door. And there was a couple outside. And he had his baton out. And we had, we burn incense. We're Greeks. We burn incense every day. We have candles and we have icons. And and so it's always... Like that candle icon incense going. And I do it to this very day till right now. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. with his baton, he puts it in those ashes from the incense and swirls it around. See guys smoking pot around here? And he looks at my mother. So he had three girls jumped on. We jumped on him. We We actually, the guy, (laughs) the other cop outside the door caught him because we jumped on him. We were on him. So, three of us were on a cop, and he was stumbling out backwards out the door. His friend caught him, and they got the hell out of there just in time for my sister to walk up. My stupid sister, the other stupid sister, the little brat stayed out all night with a boyfriend. But she just came home just yeah. in time to see the, this stuff. But we've been pulled over many times, and they've acted crazy with me. You know, and they'll ask me why. I wonder
0: what that's about. wonder what that's about. I don't about. know.
1: And then they, they sometimes they pull me over by name. They go like this, Charlene, with a loudspeaker, Charlene, pull over. I'm like, what, what the, the hell? Man. Yes, so I'll pull over. And sometimes they just talk to me, and I'm thinking, what the well, hell okay, are they? Okay, so watching? where
0: where were the men? Where were the men? This, Maybe that's it. This there was, weren't was any sometimes men, so.
1: in Inglewood, sometimes in Hermosa Beach, anywhere, Florence. It didn't matter. Just I'm telling you just strangeness. So but one time, this is the time I want to talk about. There was a policeman, I'm not gonna tell you the whole thing. But he pulled me over and I listened to him. Get out of your car. I got out of the car. He said, pull, come in the back, stand back here. Give me your purse. I gave him my purse. He searched my whole car. He went in the glove compartment. He went in the ashtray. So at that time, I didn't even smoke a cigarette. I don't don't drink. I didn't have nothing. I had actually a platter of food going to a potluck on the back of my seat. And Hmm. he looked in there. And then he said to me, sit on the curb. He said twice, move here, move there. The third time when he couldn't find anything in my purse, which I found very insulting that he looked through my purse, because I didn't give him permission to do any of this. He said, go sit over there. And I went... Okay, okay, was he white? Was he white? He was a big, giant, handsome Hispanic guy. And the guy and the other couple was black. Yeah, and the other guy was was black. So he took me, when I said no, I will not, because he actually, at the third request, I knew he was doing something to me, manipulating me for some reason. So this is just Hmm. for nothing. He ended up giving me a blinker ticket. I swear to God, that's how bad it was. So he got me to the side of the car, and he was going to do something to me. And I said, no. He said, sit sit like this. I went, no. And the other cop turned his back to me. He turned around. I was in trouble, Marla. I was in trouble, and I knew it. So what
0: happened? What did you do? So what I did, I
1: got so effing loud, it drew a crowd. I started screaming. I said, you better get your Supervisor. I mean, I was loud. Yeah. I could have stopped the train. You know what I mean? I said, get your supervisor. I'm not doing more damn thing to you, for you. Anyway, he finally he started shaking and he was sweating. I remember the sweat was rolling off his arms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, and the, yeah. the people were so aghast that he had about three patrol cars came and a supervisor came, and they finally let me go. He said, will you sign the fix a ticket? Yeah, I'll sign the damn thing. You know what I mean? Not for the cop, though. Yeah. We have a problem of communication with me and your police officer there. Anyway, I understand people. Well, that's people. really interesting. Yeah. I have, a two, I have two different points of views on this. Then I have family members who are the police. You know what right, I mean? So right. it's a. I understand the pain and the, the awesomeness of being both. You know what I mean? Well, there's a you, good, you there's a nothing like worker. a good man.
0: Yeah, but right, a good right. man and as a well and uh, good, a good woman, and good people, good people, and good people. there's bad right. people,
1: and when they're right. bad under cover and color, it's the worst because you can expect well, you know it what, from what, anybody.
0: Well, we we know we know this, and I'm sure that a lot of your listeners know that trauma, yes. and this is part this is part of my book. You know the trauma of my yes. childhood. You know. Most of the people that are in jail were traumatized by someone in their childhood, yeah. and well, when you somewhere... get into a position, yeah, you got you got learn it someplace. And when you get into a position of power, if you're a guy and you're burly and you you can throw your body around, you know, unless she, that's this is where we have to reform and reeducate. Mm-hmm. You know whatever the training is for these cops, because you you we know how angry we can be because of the Mm. trauma we've experienced, but we've also done a lot of healing. We've done a lot of work on ourselves. That's it. I mean, so I'm not scared of the police. I'm not scared of the police. No,
1: I'm not scared of this race or that race. I know it's certain people Mm -hmm. have done this. Certain people. Right, and there is different. I can tell by a look in their eyes, and sometimes their eyes are clear and bright as a bell. But those people are crazy than hell. Some of them, you know what I mean. So I've got to learn how to. You can't tell yeah. everything by your eyes because some people have big puppy dog eyes. You know what I mean, and you might be swayed. You know, but there is right. a certain thing. If you have a warning sign the first time, that's your first. That's your first sign. You know when the. I, I equate it to the train's gonna come. You know, first the stop sign goes, and then the lights start coming down. Then the rail comes right. down. Well, right. Got warning, yeah. warning after warning yeah. after warning, and they still run across the railroad tracks. Can you tell me what
0: this is? It's the human well, condition. You know, really, well, what, what's interesting is that you know um, I talked uh, talked about this book before. It's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker. Yeah. He's basically yeah in that book teaches us that our intuition we know our bodies know like eight months ago i stopped payment on a trip to italy oh, i was yeah. paying on a trip and was going to go with the book and a bunch of people no i my body said don't pay on that anymore i was getting mm-hmm. ready to go down to north carolina and chicago makes a, my book the book tour has kind of been an ongoing two-year extravaganza and this year it was like oh. nope you're not going. You don't pay on it. Don't put now I didn't know as a psychic what was coming. I just mm-hmm. knew that I wasn't going anywhere. So <laughs> our bodies know things. Our bodies know things. And we gotta pay Thank attention to that. The, this the, is the time. Italy. You Danny
1: You would have been stuck in poor Italy. God bless Italy. Oh my Italy. god, can you but imagine? You yeah, Lord,
0: God bless, bless Italy. God bless everyone everywhere that we yeah. have had this
1: yeah because this is a uh, this I knew it was coming and I felt it the day it came down but that was March 3rd I've already been into mm. this I already knew it was that day and because my friend uh the rocker Curtis Don Vito he is very a um, very awesome shamanistic type but he doesn't say he's that but anyway so we were talking about when is it going to come down and I I went down the street and I was looking around and I went Curtis is coming down now. He said, "What do you mean?" I said, mm. "It's a shut big shutdown." We said, "Just like that." I went, "Yes," and that was March third. So we started preparing then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was when. Mm-hmm. Then after that, we didn't know it would be worldwide. I just thought, well, maybe maybe South Bay would be shut down, but the whole world mm-hmm. shut down. marveling and shocked, but we knew it, so we were prepared, and we were we prepared all for this together. Yeah, we all, okay, so that's what I want to bring up. What you're saying is we are all, this is a quote from me, we're all working together and we agreed on this certain experience. So we're all together have to collectively love and forgive and actually open our minds to these, you know, different things that are going to be happening. Because we don't, we, some of us know what's going to happen next. Like there's another shoe to drop but we don't know exactly right. when. Like we, I know it's, it's something, another thing is coming. There's this, we had right. to, right. one more thing. And I don't know what it is, but I know it's for our greater good. And that's what you talk about. All of this is
0: for our greater good. All of it. Even the pain, yeah. well, all we of it. You have to keep seeing it. We just keep seeing it. You just have, You just. just. We just have to keep trusting that if we're still here, I mean, dying's one thing. Dying sometimes a lot easier than living. Than living, so for sure. while we're still here, and while we are all together, it's about learning to walk in someone else's shoes. No one wants to go through this virus, from what I understand. Of course, no one wants. Mm-hmm. We don't want anybody to be sick. We care enough for people in Tulsa that are going to a rally. We care enough for the. We care about the people on the front lines. We care about these people who are putting their time and their efforts and their own health at risk to take care of us if we end up in the hospital. Yes. So it's uh, about and thinking, thinking of and others. others. Thinking. Yeah. Wow. Thinking
1: of others. I have had the truth the chills throughout this uh, whole talk we're giving, because it's really important what we're talking about. And um, what word do you have that you want to be sure you get across to our listeners and to your followers?
0: You know what? I, I like the word curious because Mm -hmm. that keeps us in a, I mean, we could talk about love, but I'm using a word that a lot of people don't think about. Um, Curious, curiosity, you know, when we don't know something and we need your offending something that we don't even know about, let's get curious. Let's, let's do our research. Let's be interested. Let's be loving. You know, our, our agenda isn't important right now. What's important Mm -hmm. is that we take care of our loved ones and we protect those that we can and and we take and and we take care of ourselves. I mean, self love is very important at this time. This you know our country is going through a massive overhaul. Oh yeah. So And my people should, are telling you know,
1: me my people my people are telling me it was supposed to be this way. It's very aggravating to me. You know what I mean? That part yeah. is aggravating. Yeah. But even that had to happen because if if maybe it would not have happened, I don't know how do I say this, I don't want to be political. Okay, without certain persons,
0: yeah, I mean, certain
1: well, but
0: but but I like that. and I like this, it had to happen. That there are people that are very difficult that are gifts for us because they. Keep showing us God. Here's the thing. I, this is one of my favorite stories. How much time, what time do we have? Cause I have a little he story here. It's is, one of my favorites.
1: Not, really?
0: I can't hear you. We have one.
1: I don't want to overwork what? you. I just uh, will do as much time as you want. I don't want to, I don't want
0: to take advantage of your time, yeah. whatever you want. Well, I, I have five. More, I have about five more minutes, but here's the thing. Okay. This is a story. I just think is. I just, you know, it's, it's, It's the story about the man who is waiting for God to save him when the floods come. And somebody comes by in a rowboat and says, come on, come on, come on, get in, Bob. We'll just call him Bob. The floods are coming. And he said, you're going to lose your house. Just come on. Oh, no, no. God's going to save me. And then the water comes into his, the first story, and he gets up to the second story. He's hanging out the window, and a motorboat comes by, and, and he's hanging out the window. Come on, Bob. Come on, get in. Oh, no, no. The Lord's going to save me. Of course, he gets to the roof, and a helicopter comes. And, you know, a guy on a, on a helicopter with a ladder, no, no, no. The Lord's going to save me. So when, of course, he dies, and he's at the pearly gate, he says to God, God, I prayed for you. Why didn't you save me? And God says, you dumbass, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. (laughs) Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) That's the truth. I sent you messages over. I mean, really, when
0: will we see?
1: When we want to. You know. I hate to say that. we'll see when we want to see. Well, we know we're
0: very stubborn. We're stubborn. We're stubborn. You know, it takes loss. Loss is the game changer. Loss of life. Loss of money. Loss, all the things that we're having to go through with this pandemic. If we can't see after this pandemic, I mean really.
1: It's giving me the chills because it's so important because you will get hammered. Like that's how they make refined gold. They melt it, they hammer it, they whack yeah, they it, melt they us. Melt it. they, <laughs> they, whack they it. Yeah. It. You're gonna get mashed in until you say I give Yeah You know? Yeah We're yeah. Refined I know. and and graveled into dust until because we have one thing that we gotta do is go back to God. You know what I mean? We gotta love yeah. and go back to the, the source of love. It's, just, it's a whole big love thing, just like you said. It's love there, love here, and we're going to take that back with us because we're all yearning for our kind, and we're yearning for that love. We want to find right. our people, our love, and we're always going to be yearning till we go back to the source because we yearn for the source, really.
0: Well, you know, in the in the book, I talk about having a couple of really powerful experiences. I have an experience with the deceased John Mack, who wrote Abduction, and and he John Mack introduced saved me. my life. Really, go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh well, I I meet him on the other side, and he I didn't even know who he was because I hadn't heard of him. This was early early on in my in the UFO community, and I was having this experience, and he said to me. Marla, unident- uh, UFO means unidentified family of origin. <laughs> oh, God. Did he say that to you? Yes, he did. He said a lot to me, actually. You know, Actually, go to the last chapter. You, um, you'll you read about that. I've got to go over that again. There's a little again. bit of a section. Yeah. But it's really interesting what he said because I was really in that in the community at that time when this was happening and, and for us to start to think about that and to under stardust and we've been here before. And, you know, if, if we believe what ancient aliens puts on the air, um, we're here to help mankind. We're here to, you know, move consciousness forward. And that's about law and taking responsibility and loving and growing up. So I'd like to leave us with that, if you don't mind, you know, that we're all growing up and you're, and you by this show are helping us.
1: Thank you, Mala. Well, I want to just thank you so much.
0: You're always
1: a gem and, uh, I really got a lot out of everything you've said. Um, I know you've helped a lot of people, and you've helped me many, many times. And God bless you. And I, uh, God bless you in your work as you go forward from here. Because who knows, the sky's the limit at this point. What's going to happen next? So, well, I really, uh,
0: I really appreciate that. And you know what? Um, my book's on Amazon if people want it. And also, I'm hoping within the next two weeks, I will have the audio book out. That is, oh, cool. is quite an undertaking. Perfect. So, yeah So, thank so are you, Char. you doing the Make base it an, it's Yes, w- it's me. okay It's an easy me. way to
1: get it. It is www.americanpsychic.com. Go right to it. No, 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 you can no, find no, it on no, 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 no,
0: no. That's where no, I, no, I went. Oh, no, 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 no. It's www.americanpsychicbook.com.
1: www.americanpsychicbook.com. Sorry. Thank God. Yeah.
0: I thought I said it while you were on the That's air. Okay. so you American psychic <laughs> com. Yeah. There. And there's a trailer, a book trailer and, and you can see wonderful pictures of all the things that have happened the last couple of years and terrific people that have, you know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do this without the help of other people. I, you know, I don't have a, I didn't have a budget for a PR person. So everything that has happened has just been by the grace of others helping me. And today, always, when you and I talk, it's a great help to my soul and my spirit. And thank you, listeners, whoever's out there. And thank you so much, Shar. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. And talk to you later, Mater. Love you. Bye. Love you. Be good. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye bye. Okay, thank you, dear. Bye. Well, I
1: I just love her. I'm so impressed. I'm just so overwhelmed with it all. Anyway, go get AmericanPsychicBook.com. And you can actually listen to this again in archives and uh, listen to her story. And you can uh, Google Mara Freeze and find all kinds of her stuff on YouTube and all over the place. And uh, I love her and... I want to thank her very much for being on the show. You know, she's really uh, precious to me. and She's a precious human. And I'll, let's tell you about, oh, I want to say today there was a bunch of birthdays. So I wanted to wish my friends very, very happy birthday to Cliff Housworth, Doomsbury Walker, John DeSalvo, Michael Kroll, Michael McCormick, Marcos and Ancelotti, Natalie Scott, Donna Penninger, and Caitlin Um. Ong. Anyway, happy birthday, you birthday babies, and God bless you. Uh, The Paranormal and the Sacred is going to meet again next week, 6 p.m., with the awesome Sacred Cream, the winner. And what else? Oh, yeah, Bible Study Sunday. And uh, that'll be about 2 p.m. We're on First John chapter two, and that is it for tonight. So I wish everybody all the best. God bless you. I love you. Just try to stay in the now and say your prayers.
0: And God bless you all always. And come back next week. I love you. God bless you. Bye.